Hello and welcome to the Future Tribe podcast. Each week we'll be talking about getting things done. We'll talk to people who've built up their businesses, pulled off amazing projects and cover everything from psychology and strategy to the tips and tricks that will help make your dream a reality. We're the podcast that's all about empowering the optimists and the go-getters. I'm your host, Jermaine Muller. You're listening to the Future Tribe podcast and this episode is just getting started. Hello, Future Tribe. Welcome to another episode of Last Week on Tuesday. So um, this is our weekly show where we recap the last week in tech, marketing, business news. Uh, This week, we've got a whole bunch of articles, actually. Um, Hayden and I, um, well, I'm joined by Hayden. Hi, Hayden. I was waiting for it, Jermaine. I feel like (laughs) chopped liver over you. Yeah, I, I usually just start off saying hi to you. But um, Hayden and I were chatting um, before we hopped on here and we both feel like this week's um, particularly sort of uh, robust week of news for for better or worse. Um, Let's get the ball rolling. Uh, I wanted to start off with some news close to home to to, um, ask Ken Behrens. Uh, Innovation ACT had their final night um, just just the past Saturday. Um, Hayden, have you heard of Innovation ACT before? Uh, yeah, I haven't had anything um, directly to do with them, but I know that they're basically an organization in Canberra that helps out young entrepreneurs find things like uh, angel investors, people who can help them develop business models for uh, the yeah, businesses exactly. that they're starting so, up and stuff. Innovation ACT itself um, is, yeah, part of this bigger ecosystem that you were talking about. Um, it's supported by a whole bunch of um bunch of people uh basically innovation act itself is a is a no cost it's free to join 10 week um sort of intensive program um that provides a support and framework around coming up with your startup idea and then at the end there's a pitch night there's a big pitch night and at the end you end up um the winning teams end up sharing in a fifty thousand dollar grant pool um which is pretty serious money um considering that you know you get 10 weeks to come up with an idea and really really build it out um mm. so last saturday they had their big big night which is a culmination of um 10 weeks of um intense activity workshops support um future theory uh we actually sponsored one of the awards with a, a web web design and um, branding consultation package and the winner um, is a company called Two Step Tommy, um, which is a fu- funny, I, funny sort of name. Um, the concept is that they'll develop very interactive sort of, um, I guess, signage and um, interactive media um, for all sorts of different environments. So hopefully, um, especially the Canberra community, will be able to uh, experience some of Two Step Tommy's um, products in the near future we're excited to be helping um young entrepreneurs in canberra hayden have you ever thought about sort of joining um have you ever come up with a business plan or business idea and thought hey if i had some support around this um i could really make something of it or uh, have you been focused more on sort of studying at the moment uh yeah i think it's study at the moment I, i think the reason why myself and a lot of people my age don't think about it is because uh we don't really, or at least personally, I'm going to speak from my position personally, we don't know that these organisations exist in Canberra. Um, and that's not a criticism on their marketing or communication, but I think 
it's so daunting trying to start a business and you don't know where to start off. And if you aren't aware of these organizations, which you wouldn't be unless you were, you know, tapped into the entrepreneurial space in Canberra, um, it's really hard to find resources and stuff. But after, you know, the conversations we've had about this organization and places like the Millhouse Ventures, I could definitely see myself looking into it a bit more and, you know, developing, developing some ideas I have on the back burner. I won't share them here. Yeah. Fantastic. Stolen by the audience. But uh, if I find (laughs) out, if I create a name better than two-step Tommy, I'll let you know here on the podcast. (laughs) That'll be our exclusive on the podcast. If, if you ever come up with, with a funky name at least. Exactly. Watch this space guys, (laughs) please watch this space. (laughs) Sounds good. Sounds good. We hope to have, um, I mentioned on the night we, I've uh, got to speak a little bit about future theory before we presented uh, the award. Um, I, I mentioned to everyone on the night that <clears throat> they've come up with some really good ideas. Uh, we'll have a link to the Innovation ACT uh, website um, in the description as usual. Um, we always reference everything that we talk about down in the description. Um, it'll just give you a good idea of what sort of ideas have come out um, from this year's cohort. I think they had something like 70 teams um, as part of their initial sort of round. So to start with 70 teams, yep. uh, Only 10 of them made it to pitch night. And I think five or six uh, won awards, main awards. And I think five of them got grants. So so that that means they get $10,000 worth of grants each. Is that how it works? Yeah, it varied. uh, I think there was um, a couple who got 10 grand. There was one seven and a half and one fifteen from memory, um, but don't quote me on okay. it. It's sort of split. So there's one main, went one top and one bottom, and then there's a, a few in the middle. Um, but it's it's fantastic to see entrepreneurship and innovation being supported the way that it is. Um, and the night was just wonderful. Uh, it was it is sponsored and um, mainly managed by ANU, um, and it's just a fantastic sort of thing for for um canberra but um <clears throat> rolling in um let's talk about google's uh pixel oh, four just, event. just before we hop into it should we do the news headlines because that was a segment that we that is a good idea we're meant um, to add, someone <laughs> remembered someone remembered so uh this week's uh note with the news uh we have the google pixel four event um we're also talking about the pixel four unlocking with the eyes closed so their face detect not looking for open eyes um so they, it works even when you're when you're asleep or unconscious. Uh, Samsung themselves have had a <laughs> fingerprint issue. Um, the Queensland government hires influencers for for promotion. Um, LinkedIn launches an events function themselves. Facebook opens search ads to all advertisers. Snapchat goes after retailers um, with some new dynamic ads. Um, Wing launches the first commercial drone service in in the us and youtube uh expands their try on augmented reality sort of service so um rolling into it uh now that i've been reminded to um (laughs) to to go back to the format that i was involved in coming up with um (laughs) let's roll into uh google's pixel 4 event so this was the last of the big events google generally keeps it up up until about a October of the year. So now we've heard from everyone, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, and now Google. Um, I don't think I forget any, got anyone there, did I? No, that, that's all the big players that I'm aware of. That's the big players. So um, 
the, the Google event uh, every October, they launch a new Google Pixel device. Uh, we've got the links as always in um, down below. They launched a bunch of products um, this time around. There's the Pixel 4 and the Pixel 4 XL, which is just two different size uh, devices. Um, this time they actually put in um, two cameras on the back. So Google's known uh, up until now for three different iterations of the phone um, to use one camera to get away with what other companies have to use two cameras or three cameras to do um, because Google's really honing in on, you know, they're more than search. Of course, everyone knows that um, they're really honing in on the um, AI and the, and the, and what they can integrate into camera lenses, just make them really, really amazing for, for what they are. Um, I've owned a number of pixel devices in the past um, and they just take, really good images. Um, so it was interesting that Google decided to move away from that one um, lens approach. Um, and an interesting, I guess, omission is that they don't have an ultra wide lens. So while everyone else is putting ultra wide lenses um, on their camera systems, Google's decided not to, they've gone for a telephoto lens instead. Did they make a comment on why they made that decision? I mean, I think um, what what their angle was that they believe that telephoto adds more is more important and adds more uh, to the camera experience than ultra wide itself does. Okay. Um, so their approach is that most people won't make use of ultra wide. Um, much many more people will make use of telephoto. Right. Than so it's an adoption rate thing. Just looking at the market like research data. Yeah, and, and the market demand and market needs. Sure, sure. That's it. That's it. Um, Nonetheless, it's interesting that they chose that angle. Um, they went with the sort of quad or the, the, the f sort of camera box. Um, let me see if I can share. Yeah, um, you were showing me before and we were both commenting on how much better it looks than the iPhone's um, camera unit that has it back on the model. It just looks a bit... Like, no doubt, no doubt. way less of an eyesore than the um, Apple model. And if you guys are watching yeah. at home... Or if you're not, if you're just listening on audio, I'd really suggest looking at a comparison on Google images or something like that. Yeah. So Google's taken the approach of, I guess, making it less obvious that there are distinct mm -hmm. lenses where I've, uh, Apple took the approach of really showcasing the distinct lenses. Um, I think yeah, Google's solution is, as we've discussed, just much more appealing yeah. um, to everyone. Um, it's not all about aesthetics, but... Yeah, if you've got to look at, look at this device every single day, I think it looks more premium to hide all the functions rather than correct. I've no laid out laid um, out there. I think, and the thing is, you say you're exactly right. It's not all about the aesthetics, but Apple has always been a company that prides itself on a sleek, minimalist, uh, really good-looking aesthetic. So I don't think that really applies to them, in my opinion. Yeah. So exactly, very good, very good point there. Where. Um, Apple sort of had that edge in the past um, when it comes to their hardware. I'm not saying that they've lost their edge, but it just seems like a bit of a step back. Um, the first comment I had when I saw the new iPhone was that thing looks hideous. Um, that hasn't changed. I've seen them in real life. I don't think they're, you know, particularly good looking. I like the colors um, they're doing. That's the one thing I'll shout out the colors that Apple are doing. They do, they do a nice uh, lavender color on the iPhones now. So, uh, all right, interesting. Because they used to have the iPhone C, I think it was called. Yep, the 5C. Um, the 5C yep. that was very colorful. Um, and they're going back to their colored, colored sort of origins. Um, saying that Google Pixel um, comes in 
an also orange color. Um, Google's known for sort of funny, funny names. Um, my partner's got a, a Google Pixel in, I think it's uh, not so pink, um, where it's sort of a pinkish white mm. color. Um, again, interesting. I, I personally like it. It's got sort of a funky, funky power button um, color as well. Um, moving on, I guess, from the Pixel phones. Uh, Google also, so Google a long time ago bought Nest. I don't know if you've heard of Nest. No, I have not. Um, so they're like a home automation sort of smart technology. In the same way like Alexa uh, so is Google and Google Home sort of, is it? Uh, they, they focus more on actually uh, things like um, doorbells. Okay. Um, so it's cameras. smart appliances basically that sort of, that realm. Yeah, it's sort of do with home security. sure. sure appliances smart home security appliances is probably the best way to put it so google bought them a little while ago this is actually similar to um amazon they bought a company called ring um in the past as well um so it's interesting now that google's mini um or the google mini which is this little puck shaped device i don't know if you've seen or used one before um, i've seen them i haven't personally used one no so they're like a i mean they're like a alexa competitor um basically sits sits there listening, well, listening to you, but that's a different point. Um, waiting <laughs> to respond to uh, any questions you may have. Um, so Google is now branding that as a Nest sort of product. Um, so it's a real shift in the direction of Google becoming more of a hardware company or I guess, again, just consolidating and becoming... Well, that's bigger. what we were talking about the other week when Amazon released their product line. It was the same sort of deal where they're all trying to get into these tangible goods. I mean, as much as, you know, they kill it as an online service and all their avenues and stuff like that. But I think mm -hmm. they're definitely trying to create all these products and get that under their umbrella as well, which is an interesting move from all. Yeah. Of them. I mean, well, there was a time when if you, th you've probably heard about getting locked into sort of Apple's walled garden or Apple's sort of ecosystem. Yeah. Um, if, yeah, if you think that, you know, getting locked into a platform, um, thanks to your music listing, your phone and your laptop was a big deal. Um, Imagine the changeover for a yeah, big shop. when it comes to physical goods. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Well, and getting stuck into everything, you know, um, Samsung's got smart things, which is their sort of platform. They've got smart things enabled washing machines, fridges, and uh, it all ties into their phone and the laptop. Yeah. And so we're headed in a direction where I think a lot of these companies, a lot of these tech companies really want to gain ownership over everything that, that you use. Um, but there's a lesson in this for smaller businesses. Um, while you might not be able to offer, you know, comp competing products that replace your laptop or your phone. Um, there's something in there to remember that you don't necessarily want to lock your customers in, but you want to provide enough value that your customer feels like you're the best place to go to uh, get that yep. solution. Um, we see that all the time with the whole Android versus Apple sort of, um, or iOS sort of um, thing or Mac versus Windows um, as a smaller business or as a business in general, that's what you want to do. Um, because, you know, you tell me, Hayden, if someone was doing something really, really well, uh, would you want to leave them? Yeah, I mean, definitely not, obviously. And you sort of hope, I mean, the general wisdom is that if you do something good enough for long enough, people will come over and pay attention to it. But I mean, that being said, like, Apple in a lot of people's minds has been on the decline for years and years now. I haven't put out any really memorable or necessary 
software or hardware, what do you say to that? Like their continuing market share, their continued dominance in that space? I think they haven't put out, they haven't put out a lot of uh, great stuff, so to speak in, in our world, in the sort of the Western world, I would say. Um, But if you think about it, a lot of the developing countries that are, you know, getting bigger and bigger or countries with, uh, say lower class populations, they're moving to middle class and upper class. I would say that's where the huge surge has been for Apple. Um, I mean, saying that they, I'm sure they've felt felt some sort of decline because a few years ago, um, I can't remember exactly when it was, they actually stopped publishing explicit iPhone numbers, saying how much how many um, iPhones they've yep. sold. And there's only one reason, yeah, sort of there's a, only one reason you would hide exactly. that, those sort of NPD. Well, you don't have anything to post about yep. anymore. Definitely. Um, so I, I've got a question, because you're obviously a Google fan. As you said, you've been using Google products, you know, they're physical products, mm-hmm. I should say, for a while now. What would you give this conference out of 10? Do these new products excite you? Um, well, I mean, there's one thing that I didn't mention. So... Um, which is a little bit, well, not relevant per se, but one thing I did forgot to forget to mention, I'll just share the screen with you, um, was the Google Pixel Book Go. Oh, okay. um, so this is, yes, yeah, so this is running Chrome OS. I bet you've never heard of Chrome OS. No, ever. I didn't. No. I didn't. So Chrome OS, <laughs> yeah, I can see the confusion. You're sort of going, what, what, why does this exist? This is basically Google's play out an operating mm. system. So um, Chrome OS or Chromebooks, you may have yeah, heard I, of. Yeah, I'm familiar um, with Chromebooks and stuff, but they have typically run yes. on Windows OS, haven't they? Unless I'm mistaken. No, no, no. So they run Chrome OS. Oh, okay. Um, which is basically, yeah, yeah. So it's basically a Google Chrome browser designed to run applications. Right. Um, they're very popular in the Western world, again, um, for schools and things like that, where Devices are 400, 500 Australian dollars, a bit more expensive in some cases. Um, and essentially it's a stripped down, well, you can look at it two ways. It's a stripped down laptop or a, tablet. or a Chrome browser on, yeah, yeah. And a, and a, and a, and a Chrome OS on okay. steroids. I'm sorry, a Chrome browser on steroids. Um, so they've launched the Pixel Book Go. A few years ago, they launched the original Google Pixel, uh, no, Pixel Book, mm-hmm. sorry. Um, that was a very expensive device that cost a thousand US dollars. Uh, and by the time it got to Australia, it was about 2000 Australian dollars for a laptop that can't run, you know, programs like Photoshop. Etc. Yeah. I, w- I was going to ask, what's the specs on this thing? The What's it called? The pixel book go? Um, pixel book go. So it runs all the latest Intel processors. Yeah, okay. The thing is though, it's a Chrome browser on steroids at the end of the day. So I don't know why you would want to buy a really specced up version of it. Um, they, they do claim that it'll last for 12 hours on a, on a single charge, which is pretty good. Um, but it depends on if you look at it. I mean, iPads would do that comfortably nowadays. So um, it, it just depends on how you choose to look at it. I've, I've got a Samsung tablet that you know promises a whole bunch of um, double digits in terms of hours of battery life as well. So it's interesting that they've chosen to follow, like just keep cramming this down everyone's throat. So well, I, I think this decision makes a lot more sense than the other ones, because I feel like in that intermediary space between a souped up laptop and a, in a nice desktop, there are only, there are only mm-hmm. a few players I think who are really taking a lot of market share. I mean, 
Windows Surface Pro line seems to be a big player there. I mean, people use iPads, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the stupid yeah. iPad Pros. There's the MacBook Air. Yeah, the MacBook Air. But like, can you really think of any like HP laptops that are really popular in that vein or even like a Asus or... Um- Funny you mentioned that. Oh, here's something he prepared earlier. To the people listening at home, he's reaching over and grabbing some sort of laptop. For everyone who's for everyone who's watching on the video, I'm actually grabbing my old HP Spectre. I don't know if it really translates how skinny this mm, thing is. Quite um, thin. Probably about 12 hours. Yeah, I mean, about a mm. centimeter at, at worst. Um, so HP's got a the, their Spectre line, but no, I get what you mean. At the end of the day, there aren't... I mean, it, you didn't know that HP's got their Spectre device. Um, I'm just a geek and that's why mm-hmm. I know. Well, that, that's what I mean. I feel like Google is making a play to maybe be like the third sort of player in big platform, big platform in that market. I mean, well, they've been talking, they've been talking about running um, Android programs or Android apps on Chrome OS. And very soon, if not already, Chrome OS will be able to do that. So yeah, you're speaking um, very much, I mean, I assume, again, you didn't know that Google was planning to do that, but I guess it's pretty obvious looking at it that that's sort of the angle. Yeah, I think my just finishing thoughts on it is probably just a question to you saying how open source is this operating system going to be? Is it going to be like closer to Linux in terms of... Yes, so it's basically Linux. Um, It runs kind of a Linux base um, saying that... um, Google's really big on open source. So Chrome OS is actually available as Chromium OS, um, just like the Chrome browser is available as the um, Chromium oh, browser yeah. and just like Android's available as the Android open source project. So the good thing about all this is that it is all available open source, excuse me, meaning that um, um, it is available uh in a not so locked in manner where people can take it and um, modify it and make their own changes to it. So if that's, you know, that's going to be the third biggest platform, um, it's a good thing for us consumers. I would say. More competition is never a bad thing for us. Um, And we'll see how it goes. But going back to my question out of 10 quickly, before we get to the next news segment, what are you giving this conference? Um. Ooh, that's a that's a tough one. I do like the new Pixel Book device. Uh, I reckon the Pixel Four is a pretty nice device as well. Um, overall, I'd probably give it maybe a seven yep. out of yep. out of ten um, or an eight out of ten. So I'd say it's on par with basically everyone else's uh, events this year, apart from maybe Microsoft's. I was very excited about Microsoft's um, conference this year. I thought that they did or event this year they did a really good job announcing some products that everyone's really keen on. Um, so yeah, I would say Microsoft was a standout this year, but everyone else is sort of fell in line with better than average, uh, but nothing sort of groundbreaking. Which is to be expected with these um, tech companies. Especially nowadays. I mean, smartphone innovations hit kind of a roadblock. There's not much more to innovate apart from adding more and more cameras, yep. um, which I don't know. I don't think is innovation, but um, it gets us nicely onto Pixel uh, devices. Google Four's, uh, sorry, Pixel, the Pixel Four, Google's Pixel Four face unlock works when um, even when you're unconscious or when you're uh, asleep. Um, wow. You couldn't help but chuckle about this. I'm, I'm um, just struggling. I mean, it's a cool functionality, and it obviously shows you that Google again are pushing forward hardware in a way that you could argue Apple and 
you know, other market leaders aren't, but I'm just wondering what this functionality would actually mean for the consumer. I'm not, I'm not sure. Well, it's actually a security flaw. So because what it's doing is that it means that someone can grab your phone and hold it on your face and it will unlock. So I believe Apple actually looks for uh, the, the eyes, open eyes, but um, Google doesn't and oh, the Pixel 4 doesn't. And I actually tested it out with my personal Galaxy S10, which is the latest uh, um, Samsung flagship uh, phone of that mm-hmm. size. And it doesn't look for uh, for my eyes to be open either. So if anyone who's around me when I'm asleep wants to uh, crack into my phone, all they have to do is hold it in, in front of my face. And okay, so this them. isn't actually a an intentional feature. It's not an intentional okay. feature. All right. So, yeah, I was really um, confused because this was the one story I didn't look into properly. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not an intentional feature. It's uh, it's quite the opposite, I would say. Um, they've already said that they will be releasing an update soon, but it's um, it's a bit scary. I mean, there's this video here. Um, let me just play that. So there you go. So you can see the the phone for anyone watching the video um, version of the podcast, you can see the phone just unlock um, with your eyes closed Um, along the same vein, Samsung released a statement on their phones, having a fingerprint recognition issue where depending on what sort of uh, screen protector you use, you don't have the, the fingerprint doesn't have to match for the phone to unlock. So it just looks for any sort of fingerprint and just lets you in. Wow. Um, I, I can see your eyes. <laughs> I can't yeah. believe that. I, I mean, Samsung, you know, I've never really used any of their products, but they just seem like mm-hmm. a company who has fallen victim time and time again of there's a opportunity that presents itself for them to take the lead in the market, you know, overtake Apple who have, you know, been treading water for a little bit and whether it be their batteries blowing up or this sort of stuff, it just seems that they make very simple mistakes that, turn into PR nightmares for them. Well, yeah, but I think what's interesting is um, at the Innovation ACT launch, and even before that, I've heard this a few times, the phrase um, that um, progress is made um, at the cost of perfection, uh, basically saying that sometimes if you want to, you know, keep pushing things, keep pushing the envelope, you do have to uh, sacrifice perfection. Saying that, I mean, massive security holes and phones blowing up probably isn't what they meant. Um, or, or the Galaxy Fold issue as well. Yeah, yeah well, so. I'll just say, like, I, I agree to that point. I think so many people in any respect will try to be perfectionists and it ends up being a detriment to them because they never release what they're working on. But I feel like with one of the, one of the key um, product characteristics that people look for, I think, in technology is that safety in their information and uh, I don't know, like, no doubt it's, it seems like the sort of thing that you should have tested before you, you launched a product. Um, and the weird thing is Google's not making a commitment to fix this issue before the pixel four itself launches. So it doesn't, it doesn't hit anyone's hands till the 24th. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're still a few days away. You would think that again, I might be wrong. I might, I'm, I'm not a, software developer at least at a phone level by any stretch but you would think that telling the phone to look for open irises especially you know it's not like everyone has different colored eyes um to the extent of you know um 
everyone has sort of the white part and the black part or the yeah. dark part. It's not difficult to look for. I, I should probably know the. Yeah, right I'm trying to think of them the, myself. I, I know the pupil and I know like. What's the iris? Is that, is that the same oof. thing? I guess it must be. Um, we're probably coming across as not very smart, but hey, this we isn't a, to be doctors, this isn't a yeah, science we podcast. We claim to be, have PhDs in <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but um, moving on, I think, um, uh, moving on, the Queensland government actually recently announced, um, so they have, a, they have a, I don't know what you would call it, I guess it's, it's, a, it's a conference uh, or a, I don't know what you'd call it, but it's Convo 2019. It's designed to com- combat uh, cyberbullying, um, and it's all about yeah. you know social media. So it's part of their like a greater push to basically address um, the epidemic of cyberbullying that is sort of rearing its mm-hmm. head as more kids are allowed to be on their phones at a younger age and bring their phones into classrooms and stuff. This is basically mm-hmm. so. This is like a convention, if you will, talking about that issue that's going along with a greater campaign. Just trying to, um, I don't know, getting people who are within that realm to talk about it a little bit, give their insights into it, as well as give information to parents and guardians and teachers and stuff for how to combat it and, I don't know, mitigate it a little bit, reduce the instances of bullying. Okay. So it's interesting that uh, the Google, sorry, the Google, the Queensland government's um, decided to hire a few influencers uh for their marketing or, or, or at least for, for, for I guess, promotion yeah. and then uh, yeah for their messaging is probably the most accurate way to put it um again we've talked about influencer marketing in the past we've written blog articles about it um i guess this is just another sign that influencer marketing i mean it's been legit or considered legitimate uh, for a while in the branding, sorry, in the product sort of marketing space. Um, now we're finding governments using it as well, which is, you know, hats off to them, yep, I think. Definitely. Um, I, I think this is a very really, smart move. Yeah, really smart on their part. Um, this They hired a 17-year-old with nearly a million followers on TikTok. So again, very much hitting this target market. Fantastic move again. When was the last time you heard about a government speaking to someone, you know, speaking to a tween or a teenager in a way that they want to listen. Yeah, and I think um, I would say never. Yeah, before. and that's a great point, and it's exactly why I personally, it's not so much the fact that they're using influencers; it's the fact that they're tailoring the use of influencers to a subject and a topic that is conducive to it. You know, when people are giving insights mm-hmm. into cyberbullying, at least when I was going through school, I think there was a real disconnect in the fact that it's being talked about by thirty-five-year-olds who aren't in like the online communities and don't get the dynamic like I do. But if you get someone who is 17 Mm -hmm. and has a big, you know, online following, has probably had to deal with um, negative comments because that's just what comes along with being so popular on an online platform. Mm -hmm. I feel like the insights that they can give and also the, uh, just like how they can promote it and how they can really amplify the message is something that's super valuable from the Queensland government. Uh, And my hats off to them. I think this is a great, a great thing. It's just a fantastic move, fantastic move on yep. their part. Um, I, I, yeah, I look forward to, you, you know, it makes marketing more interesting, at least the government marketing of the government's message or government's plural messages. Um, this is a real, yeah, positive move. There's a whole bunch of other 
panelists or there will be a whole bunch of other panelists. Um, it's actually being held on the 21st of October. So uh, yesterday, if you're listening to the podcast when it goes live, um, I'm sure this will create really good results for them. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, so the, the main person, 17 year old, um, was on 990,000 followers and, uh, she's probably broken past the million, million followers mark, um, as we speak. So just a fantastic move on Queensland, the Queensland government's part for small businesses listening. It is, it's just another indicator that, you know, just find a few people who have good and nice following on Instagram or any other social media platform and have a conversation with them about your service or your product and see how you can leverage that to it. it it's sort of hacking uh, word of mouth yeah, marketing. Definitely. You know, it's, it's a good way to, way to think um, when some people think that you need to have big budgets for this sort of thing. I disagree. You can find someone who's willing to put up a few posts for, you know, a relatively yeah, small fee, you can work something out. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Okay. So moving on, uh, LinkedIn has launched, um, an events sort of feature. Um, so we first heard about it almost a year ago, um, that they were sort of working on this, uh, LinkedIn events, um, approach. Um, no surprise there. Uh, it, it's designed for professional sort of meetings. Um, I, I just think, I, I mean, I swear by LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. It's a fantastic place to do sort of um, business for professionals. Uh, I try and update my LinkedIn as often as possible. So um, really good to see um, this happening now. Like, I don't know about you, but I sometimes if I'm having a quiet week or I'm going to have a quiet weekend, I hop on Facebook, look up the events yep. and see what sort of uh, events are happening. Um, this is now an option. Um, or LinkedIn events will be an option for us um, professionals who want to do something a bit more, you know, business builder or networking. On yeah. It just seems like a slam dunk. I mean, for the people listening at home, if I were to explain it, it's basically like Facebook events. It has that exact same functionality just in the LinkedIn sort of sphere where it's obviously professionally focused and it's more going to be used for networking and career advancement and stuff like that. But yeah, it's just a very smart move from LinkedIn. I'm surprised they didn't have this functionality previously because there are a lot of um, websites and online hosts and stuff who offer a similar service. So this will <laughs> absolutely kill them. And uh, Yeah, places like Meetup yep. and even Eventbrite. Yep. Um, I am trying to, I can't actually find the feature on my own link i think it's being rolled out in certain territories first which which usually unfortunately never <laughs> never includes australia <laughs> so you'll just have to wait patiently for it but um if you've if you've been able to experience it um would love to get a comment or a few comments from anyone who's been able to use linkedin events so far uh, i look forward to um forward to being able to use it um and for anyone who's listening who's not on linkedin and you're a professional or it doesn't matter whether you have a business or you're an employee get on linkedin linkedin is a fantastic platform uh professionally i can't tell you the number of um number of projects and collaborations that have resulted um just from a linkedin connection and linkedin conversation um so yeah really good slam dunk as you said hayden um moving on 
Facebook open search ads to all advertisers. So can you tell me a bit more about this? Um, to my understanding, I'll try not to butcher it, but basically now when you're searching in keywords into the Facebook search bar, it will show you ads based mm-hmm. on those keywords. Oh, yep. okay. So you could say events coming up and then Eventbrite, for example, could be running an ad against sure. that. Yeah, and it's basically... To my understanding, the same sort of functionality is when you go into Google and you don't have the right sort of ad blogging extensions, you'll type something in and in the first two results will be ads that are using the keywords mm-hmm. you're using in your mm-hmm. search to show you something, which of course, yeah, wow. and it's powerful. This is again, just another huge development in Facebook's advertising, um, you know, service offering I, that they I give mean, to customers. It's crazy. It seems like a no brainer again, like you know, we're in a world where people go on Google to search for Google. Um, That's, that's to the extent that which Google search has become central to our lives. And Facebook's goal, of course, is to become central to our lives as well, just as much as Google's Google is trying to sort of reinforce. Mm. Um, And this also has marketplace. Interesting. Sorry to cut you off, but I did omit one thing. It has marketplace integration. So I'm assuming that, if you're an individual seller, like on platforms like mm-hmm. Gumtree, you can pay to bump yourself up a little bit. So if you are selling AirPods mm-hmm. and someone is, you know, searching used AirPods into the browser, into the search bar, mm-hmm. um, your result will come up. So that's just something to note as well. So yeah. it's not just for big businesses, but if you're looking, if you use Facebook Marketplace as a way to sell items or you have a small like e-commerce type business, you know. You could yep, leverage that. Definitely. Yeah. So ads in including search results will have the same layout as, as newsfeed ads. Um, we Facebook's copped a lot in the past because their ads are hard to, hard to differentiate from every, all the other content. But again, that's part of their goal. They want you to click through. Yeah. So um, interesting development. Yeah. There's not heaps um, we can talk about it because obviously it's still being rolled out right now and it's not a super complex um, ad offering, but it is going to be something that uh, makes a lot of waves in the Facebook ad buying and just online advertising space. Like, yeah, just opens up more options for yeah. us as well. Um, moving on snap or Snapchat um, is announcing a new kind of advertising product called dynamic ads. Um, it's designed to sort of, um, target retailers and direct to consumer brands. Mm. Um, let me, I'm sort of reading yeah. through it so as you I'll, speak. I'll Did jump on. Read yeah. much into it? So basically mm-hmm. what it is, is it's a way to, so obviously prices and offerings are changing on online stores pretty consistently. They change a lot. So what Snapchat is allowing you to do is basically upload all that data to them and that they can on the fly create ads for mm-hmm. you. So Say that you have a pair of Ray-Ban oh. Wayfarers at, you know, a retail price, you have a new sale that, you know, makes them half price. They can show you a picture of it, the new price, and that's mm-hmm. all, all those assets are created all that, that dynamically, dynamically right? But like, I should say you're giving them the photo assets and like all this stuff, but they're creating the ads on the mm-hmm. fly. So again, dynamic is the word, uh, the key word here that basically... Rather than just advertising. Yeah. Yeah. So it opens up the possibility for um, someone who doesn't know a whole lot about, say, Snapchat advertising to still push through content for then Snapchat to dynamically generate an ad. So you don't need a designer in-house. 
Snapchat will yeah, do that. Exactly right. I, it saves a lot of money on the business's side in the fact that they don't have to continually create um, advertising material that's optimized for the platform, worry about that. They can just give it all to Snapchat, give all the assets to them, and they'll be able to dynamically um, create ads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, moving on, Wings delivery drones take flight for the first time in Virginia. Um, for those who don't know, something to be proud about in Canberra. Canberra was one of the first places that Wing actually launched. Um, one of our clients, uh, Croftname Donuts, actually um, use Wing to deliver. So you can order donuts if you're uh, living, I believe it's south side or north side. I think you might actually be able to or use Wing Hayden where, where oh, you no live. Um, Why was I not told yeah, about Yeah, I believe this? so. Get donuts um, dropped to my door. <laughs> no one tell me. Exactly. Using a drone. It is fantastic. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how good it's, how good it's going to be in real, you know, in practice, but um, Wings launched it in the US live in Virginia. Um, Wings actually owned by the same company that owns Google. Well, Google restructured recently, so they're all Google's part of Alphabet. So Wings actually one of one of Alphabet's um, um, companies as well. Um, so again, interesting, interesting thing to read about. I just wanted to include it here because one, it's tech, but two, uh, because we can say that Canberra had it first, um, and the US is getting it after Canberra. So go Canberra on this one. Um, Finishing things off, wrapping things up, YouTube is expanding access to their um, augmented reality try-on feature, ad feature. Uh, I don't know why I hadn't thought of this in the past. I mean, they're, they're expanding, which means that they've not just introduced it, they've, they've had it for a little while, but it's a fantastic idea. Basically, um, try-on type videos are really popular on YouTube yeah. um, where people essentially try on clothing and review it. Um, video is a fantastic way to communicate how clothing, for example, fits because, because it is so, so custom to yeah. everyone that um, when people have similar body types, you can look it up and you can, you can look someone up with a similar body type. So you know how something will fit before you purchase it. And um, YouTube's now letting, letting advertisers um, use augmented reality. So essentially, you know, turn on the, the uh, viewers, um, selfie camera and let them augment or take a, take a product and place it on their yeah. face or, um, on their body. Um, amazing, amazing sort of use of technology. If you yeah. ask me. So in layman terms, if that was a little bit confusing, basically like it gets this like dis- digital representation of what the product's going to look like your selfie cameras on and it puts it on your face and basically shows you how the product would look if you were wearing it right then. Um, yeah, pretty crazy. I think it's such an ingenious way to get around like the biggest problem that um, e-commerce, clothing and you know apparel stores come to find themselves uh, in. And it's what Jermaine alluded to where it's like you don't know how something will fit until you try it on. Uh, typically, companies get around this by offering you know free returns and stuff like that. But this is almost an even mm-hmm. more ingenious solution because it allows you to you know try it on, try some sunnies on, see how they fit your face. And, you know, yeah, exactly. I think that's the big one, you know, try some sunnies, try, try some lipstick. Um, I think that's the, that's the really big yeah, one. Sneakers here. apparently um, as well is some, is a place where. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, basically any sort of item where 
sizing isn't so much the issue it's more will it coordinate with what you plan to wear yeah. it with because there's no point ordering it to find out that it just doesn't yeah, work yeah and i think going off with that because obviously no one when buying their stuff unless you're really into it is looking at the measurements of you know these items mm. and i've often bought shoes that didn't look so chunky in the photo but i put them on my feet and it's like wow i'm wearing like tissue boxes on my feet this is i'm not i'm never <laughs> i can never wear this yeah but it's your shoe size but it just yeah doesn't. yeah it, it, in the it, photo the it's like itself yeah. just doesn't yeah it looks slick but then you try it on and it just it's way too big because Shaq was the the guy trying and wearing those sneakers and it, everything looks small exactly. on him but exactly. if you try it on and it's a different story yeah 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 uh, again um I'm interested to see how products, oh, sorry, how companies will push their new advertising products and um, change how we get advertised too. There was a lot of advertising talk in, in this uh, week's episode. Um, not surprising uh, because companies just continue to try and find sneaky ways to sell us things. Um, but the good thing is that a lot of these, all these platforms we talked about are relatively affordable. So we're not talking, you know, $10,000 investments. Um, so for any small businesses out there, just start thinking about um, different and interesting ways to market your products. You know, we've talked about augmented reality try-ons. We've talked about, um, I'm blanking now. We've talked about uh, influencer yeah, marketing. Snapchat Again, ads and Facebook approach. ads. Snapchat's dynamic yeah. ads, Facebook search yeah. ads. A lot of advertising opportunities there. A lot of ad- advertising opportunities yeah. out there for smaller businesses as much as people yeah. And even if these aren't, if these opportunities aren't afforded to you immediately, technology has a way of trickling down where eventually these tools for marketing it'll be will more become affordable, more affordable, easier. just like SEO has, just like all this other stuff has. And exactly. if you know about it now and you are up on it and you can see how big companies are utilizing it and how successful that is, that just makes it more advantageous to you in the future to when you can use it. Yeah. Keep an eye out. Exactly. So once, once it becomes more affordable, that's a fantastic tip, Hayden. Um, just keep an eye out to how people are using it. So that when it becomes something that's within your budget, you, you're just ready to go. You don't have to um, learn how to use it. And so you've got, you can beat your competitors to the punch. And um, as we all know, sometimes, you know, first to market is, is uh, much more important than necessarily best to market. So um, yeah, that, that sort of wraps up this week's episode. Was there anything else that we didn't cover Hayden that you wanted to talk about? No, we got to it all. I think this has been a pretty chunky, sizable, uh, episode for the listeners. Hope you guys enjoy. Definitely. Definitely. And as always, all the links, um, in the description, uh, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. You later. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Future Drive podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app. It goes a long way to helping us. If you have any thoughts, questions, or comments, email us at hello at f-u-t-u-r-e-t-r-i dot b-e. If you haven't already, become a part of the tribe on Facebook. Go to f-u-t-u-r-e-t-r-i dot b-e slash f-b and invite your friends. We're just getting started and we would love to see you there. That's it from us. I hope this episode has empowered you to keep working on bettering your future. It's a pleasure to have you as part of the tribe. See you next time.